The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So this week is the, um, the daily life practice retreat. And so that's the theme that's really on my mind this week. And um, so that's what I'm going to talk about a, a little bit around um, an aspect of practice in daily life and one piece in particular that I find really, uh, really supportive for taking the mindfulness off the cushion and into the world. And it's about mindfulness. And mindfulness, if we... Um, mindfulness is actually kind of a mysterious quality Um, we can come up with a working definition that gives us a little bit of a sense a little bit of a doorway in Um, and you know a basic working definition is probably something like um, knowing what's happening while it's happening other words that people use for it things like presence um, awareness Um, being with sometimes people have a sense of intimacy of connection with experience when when we're mindful Um, to me it's related at least to this capacity of our mind um, that uh, that allows us to kind of know that we know it's a self-reflexive capacity of mind, the, the capacity of mind that lets us know that we are acting in the world, that we are doing, that we are thinking, that we are um, moving and having emotions. It's, it's almost, I think, in some ways what mel- makes us human, this capacity to know that we know, this ability to be self-reflective like that. But that capacity itself, that capacity to just know that we know, isn't quite enough in terms of what um, supports us in our uh, process of waking up and coming to an understanding of how our minds do what they do, coming to a, um, a, um, I think most people come to this kind of meditative practice for for a number of reasons, but often because there's something going on in their lives that they want a respite from or that they have a sense of maybe there's another way to relate to experience. And simply, um, simply being aware, knowing, oh... This is what's happening at this moment. Isn't quite enough. I mean, if if you if you go out onto the street and ask somebody, you know, do you know, you know, somebody who's angry in the midst of their being angry, do you know that you're angry right now? Well, they'll say, well, yeah, of course I know that I'm angry. You know, duh. And so it's not quite enough to just simply have that recognition of, oh, this is what's happening in the moment. Um, there, it takes a little bit of an orientation or an inclination to recognize there's something happening in the present moment and it's a process that's going on in the present moment. So it's, it's a little bit about disengaging from or... Um, uh, I guess I'll say um, not necessarily buying into what's happening in the present moment. 
So that like when we're angry or when we're frustrated, there can be a way that we know that we're angry or frustrated, and yet we believe that anger or frustration is the way to further our, uh, our day or further our life or further our agenda. And, you know, there's a lot of feedback that we've gotten that when we act on these uh, experiences that it takes us in a certain direction that we maybe get something that we want or get rid of something that we don't want. And so this, um, uh, the awareness that supports us in our meditation practice and in our daily life of being able to kind of uh, begin to see how we get hooked, how we get caught by um, our own minds is a kind of an ability to step back and to recognize or know, oh, this thought right now, this is something that's happening in the present moment. This emotion is something that's happening. It's a phenomenon. This is an emotion that's happening in the present moment as opposed to this is frustration and I need to do something with it. So the, the mindfulness that supports us has a little bit of a non-judgmental um, more mirror-like quality, just to, be, just to reflect, ah, this is, this is something that's happening in the present moment. This is, this is what it's like to be a human being that's experiencing this experience. So the uh, qualities of mindfulness, what we could call right mindfulness, or the mindfulness that supports this understanding or waking up, has um, not only this capacity to know what's happening in the present moment, but also has a capacity of non-reactivity to what's happening in the present moment. It doesn't feel like it needs to do anything with or get rid of what's happening. Just, oh, this is what's happening. Very much like a mirror simply reflects what's going on. You know, the mirror itself doesn't care what it reflects. It reflects beautiful things, it reflects ugly things, and it's just like, it, it, it doesn't, the mirror itself, the reflecting capacity of the mirror is not impacted by what it reflects. And similarly with mindfulness, there's this possibility of um, touching into a kind of reflective capacity of mind that is not impacted by what it knows. So there's stuff happening in the world and there's this ability to touch into a, a state or um, process of awareness that is non-reactive, non-judgmental about what is coming in. From that place of non-reactivity, just in the, on the surface of it, that description of non-reactive, non-judgmental awareness makes it sound like, you know, we kind of just sit there and don't do anything. Um, but what this does, I mean, part of the why we do this and what this supports us with is that when we can have this capacity to be non-reactive to what we're experiencing, it doesn't mean that we simply sit there and like just let things happen to us. But what it does is it gives us a moment or it gives us a place from which to recognize what our kind of habitual tendencies are about how we respond in that moment when we're not present and aware of what's going on in the moment. Whatever we're habitually conditioned to do is, is kind of what's going to unfold. You know, somebody says something or does something that 
we tend to respond to or react to and there it goes. It just happens because we're not really present. And so when we can have this non-reactive mindfulness, there can be just a little moment of, oh, this is what's happened. Maybe I can choose to act from a different place. Or maybe I can just, you know, actually, you know, a lot of the time, non-action is a very skillful response. You know, if you have somebody saying something to you and your initial response is to blurt something out, and how many times, I think pretty much everybody has said something they wish they hadn't said. And just a moment of recognizing, oh, you know, what's happening now is that I'm really frustrated at my, at my partner or my friend, and there's this upwelling of wanting to zing them. And if you could just see that moment and kind of take in that moment of, you know, what the impact of that might be, there can be a little bit of restraint, perhaps. Not always, but the, the more capacity we develop of this non-judgmental, non-reactive mindfulness, the more we gain this uh, little moment in which we have a choice about whether or not we respond from our habitual tendencies or choose to respond from another perspective. Maybe, maybe holding back is the response in that case. Or maybe um, recognizing, you know, oh, you know, this is my normal response. Maybe instead I should say something like, you know, I'm pretty frustrated right now. Can we talk about this later? You know, that might be a skillful response in that situation. So this ability to have this non-reactive capacity for mindfulness doesn't mean that we don't respond. So a difference between reaction and responsiveness. And so this uh, capacity for a non-reactive mindfulness creates more space for a skillful response, which is one of the reasons why it's so helpful to cultivate this capacity in daily life. One of the things I um, have seen in my... um, in my own mind as I bring more and more capacity to be present in this way. It's, um, you know, so many of our habitual responses, our habitual tendencies seem to arise from a source that's almost subconscious at times. You know, it's like we are responding before we've even really been aware that we're responding. So we're, you know, it's, it's like, we all have this idea of buttons that, you know, especially our families, you know, like, you know, that person says that thing and I say that thing. And it's just like, you know, it feels like it's been really programmed in there or really, it almost like feels like it's hardwired because it's below the level of what we are consciously aware of when that reaction pops out. But what the mindfulness also does, the more we can learn how to cultivate this capacity for non-reactive awareness. At least in my experience, it seems to, you know, if we have an idea of where, like, uh, what our subconscious is, it's like somewhere right below the eyes is like, you know, all of that is below the level of awareness, you know, just kind of 
Well, what the mindfulness seems to do is it seems to allow what we have access to. It's not like there's a hard barrier between what's possible to be conscious and what is below the level of conscious awareness. The more we cultivate this capacity for mindfulness, it's like that barrier of the subconscious becomes more permeable. And actually, it becomes um, lower so that we are able to see more of those little, little, you know, glinches or twitches or tightenings that spur us into action. So seeing those, as we can start to see those, there's a lot of freedom we get from our habitual conditioning. You know, when we're normally operating in the world, we're kind of at the mercy of our habitual con- conditioning. When we're not really mindful, we're, we're at the mercy of our habitual conditioning. And mindfulness begins to give us a little bit of opportunity to not simply be at the mercy of those patterns, those habits. So hopefully that gives you a sense of why it might be useful <laughs> to cultivate mindfulness. And um, to talk a little bit about this, you know, our first practice, I think, most of us come to in cultivating mindfulness is, is often a meditation practice. Um, we may come to the meditation practice because we want to take a break from all the stuff that's happening in the world. We just want to calm down a little bit. Or, you know, we may have a sense of wanting to get a handle on some of our reactive emotions. So lots of reasons why people might come to, uh, to meditation. And often, initially, in terms of cultivating mindfulness, it can be, um, you know, a practice that we do as we sit quietly and we pick something like the breath and we try to stay with that experience. So this is cultivating the capacity to be aware of what's happening in the present moment. The breath is happening in the present moment. So it's turning our attention to something that is happening in the present moment and seeing if we can cultivate an ability to be at ease with that experience. So non-reactive, you know, not pulled off into thoughts and ideas and agendas. It's like, okay, you know, just keep coming back to this thing. And in that process, we learn something about our minds, uh, about the ways that it gets pulled off. And we also begin to learn, one of the, the things we learn that's less pointed to, I think, is that we begin to learn what it means to be aware of our experience. We begin to learn what it feels like to be aware of paying attention to the breathing. So that awareness, that quality of being present with the breath is often initially kind of confused with being with the breath. So just to kind of clarify that, I'll just say this a couple different ways. It's like we get so familiar with being present for a particular experience. Like we're, we're used to saying, okay, this is what it feels like to be aware of paying attention to the breathing. That we... Um, we begin to think that that's what mindfulness is. It's almost like the, 
that mindfulness means I'm able to choose what I pay attention to and I'm able to stay with it. That's how, that's an, the initial training is that we, we pick something often. We, we say, okay, I'm going to bring my attention to the breath. And maybe, maybe we also learn, um, okay, well, we don't have to pick the breath. We can pick hearing. We can pay attention to the experience of the sound kind of floating in. But again, we're picking something. We're picking something to pay attention to. And so, you know, this idea of picking an experience and saying, let the attention rest there, you know, get familiar with it, have a sense of intimacy with that experience, um, we begin to get a sense of what it feels like to be mindful there, but we, we, we confuse the capacity to know in the moment with this other part of the mind that's called attention that picks what we um, no. So there's this other process in the mind that can decide or chooses. Like right now, I can I can say to you, what what is it? you know, pay attention to your hands. Notice the sensations of your hands. And now pay attention to your feet. Notice the sensations of your feet. And now pay attention to the sensations of your lips touching or your lips however they are. So the uh, capacity to choose or to change where the attention is is a separate thing from the capacity to be able to just know what's happening in the present moment. And sometimes those two things get mixed up and we think that in order to be mindful, in order, what it means to be mindful is that I pick something to pay attention to and I stay with it. So this idea about mindfulness can really um, get in the way of practicing mindfulness in daily life. Because um, if we think that what being mindful means is picking something to pay attention to and staying with it, uh, it it's, you know, that, that activity of picking something to pay attention to and staying with it takes some effort. It takes a little bit of doing to do that. Like, you know, sitting in meditation, turning the attention to the breath, picking that, trying to stay with it. We see our mind gets lost. It takes some effort to bring it back to that experience. And so that, uh, that process of choosing and staying takes work. If we... Um, in daily life, think we have to, like, okay, I'm driving my car. I need to pay attention to, oh, my hand's on the steering wheel or, or something. And then, you know, something happens, and we have to pay attention to something else. It's like, how, how do we navigate daily life with mindfulness if we have to be able to consciously choose everything that we're paying attention to? So this begins to point to another kind of, another a way of paying attention another way that mindfulness can work. And that is that it can, we can simply be mindful of kind of just what's already unfolding, what's already happening in the present moment. Rather than picking something, consciously picking something, in fact, what we kind of uh, have happen is that that factor of attention, that factor of 
choosing what to pay attention to kind of happens on its own if we're not consciously involved with it. So, you know, the, the factor of attention is almost like it's a process that is amenable to being consciously worked with or it's a process that also goes on by itself if we're not consciously involved with it. Much like the breathing. You know, we can say right now, okay, I'm going to breathe in and breathe in or I'm going to breathe out and breathe out. So, you know, we can consciously be involved with that process of breathing or we can, you know, forget about it and it does itself. It breathes itself. So much like that, this factor of attention will do its thing without our consciously picking what to pay attention to. And so this another way to approach mindfulness is to kind of follow or to be interested in what does the attention want to pay attention to right now? And learning how to do this or learning how to um, explore this, you know, it's just like following the attention, is a huge help for us in daily life practice. So that's a kind of a, a big picture around mindfulness and some ideas about mindfulness that can get in the way of practice in daily life. And now I'm going to talk about um, a tool, um, you know, our usual way of cultivating mindfulness is to, to practice picking something, as I said, picking something and paying attention to it. And we could call this a kind of prompted mindfulness, a kind of a, okay, I'm going to pay attention to that thing and I'm going to be a, I'm going to be aware of it. So this is a way in which we're actively engaged in doing the mindfulness. There's another um, kind of mindfulness that happens. And thank goodness, I mean, again, it's kind of like attention. There's times when mindfulness is happening because we're consciously engaged with it. We're saying, okay, yep, I'm mindful, so let me try to bring mindfulness to what's happening here. So there's a kind of a doing that goes with it. But there are also moments of mindfulness that arise spontaneously, that just happen, because our minds have this capacity. It's a natural mindfulness, this capacity to be aware of what's happening while it's happening, this reflective capacity of mind. Even the non-judgmental aspect of it is very natural. It's something that the mind can simply do. But we don't usually recognize it. Moments of spontaneously knowing what's happening in the present moment happen a lot in our day. They, they just like, you know, you're, you're um, walking down the street and um, a bird flies by and suddenly the attention is like right there with the bird. But, you know, maybe immediately, it's not that you at that point become aware of, oh, I just became mindful of seeing the bird. Immediately, very quickly, the mind will move to something like, what kind of bird was that? Or what was that bird doing? 
so our mind kind of jumps on the thing that we've become aware of and starts thinking about it or how does it relate to me, you know? So, so there, there's this extra process that just kind of tumbles forward almost automatically. We don't often actually recognize, oh, wow, mindfulness returned. That's pretty amazing that I wasn't mindful. I was kind of lost in my world of thoughts. And, you know, I was actually 10 miles away in my, you know, having a conversation with my partner. And, you know, boom, that bird flew by and suddenly, boom, I'm here again. You know, we don't often take in the amazement of waking up. So it happens. It happens way more than we think. Because we, and and the reason why we aren't aware of it is because we do tend to immediately, like we were lost in that story, but immediately, you know, there's something that happens here and now, and we create a whole story about that and get lost in that. So very quickly, these moments of, ooh, mindfulness coming up get kind of co-opted by our habit of creating a story about who this is, what it is, how it relates to me, what it's doing. Is it something I need to be afraid of or is it something I don't need to, you know, so all kinds of relationships that we have about that, the things that we notice. And so one of the keys or one of the main um, practices that I've explored in daily life is simply getting familiar with what it feels like to be mindful. What does it feel like when we wake up? We have opportunities to do this a lot. Um, in our sitting practice, it's great. We, you know, we sit down and we like say, okay, I'm going to meditate. I'm going to you know, pay attention to my breath. And uh, what happens? You know, it lasts maybe a breath or had two breaths maybe, and then suddenly we're off in thought. And, you know, and then we remember We remember, in a moment we remember, oh, I wasn't paying attention to my breath. Now our relationship to that moment often initially is, oh, I wasn't paying attention to my breath, come back to my breath. Because we conflate or we associate being mindful with being with the breath. But what has already happened is that mindfulness has returned. I mean, thank goodness, you know, it's got this capacity to just pop in. We were lost in thought. We actually became aware that we were lost in thought enough to recognize that we weren't paying attention to the breath. So in that moment, mindfulness has re-arisen. It had to re-arise to even have the thought come back to the breath. So that moment of remembering is already, that's a kind of moment that we can highlight or, oh, that's what it's like now to be mindful. You know, there's a li- there's, in that moment when mindfulness comes back, there's a little bit of a, uh, a memory in, in, of what it was like before when, mindful- when the mind was kind of lost in thought and what it's like now. So there's, there can be a little bit of a highlighted difference between what it's not like to not be mindful and what it like is like to be mindful. It's like we can't really know in the moment of what it's like to not be mindful. But in the moment of waking up, there is a lingering sense. There's, so there's a way in which we can get familiar with that, you know, oh, haziness or drifting or winding into a story, that there's a sense of that in the moment that mindfulness returns. So getting familiar with that moment of waking up, getting familiar with that, what it's like to now be present, 
um, in my experience, it starts to kind of get us habituated or familiar with what it's like for mindfulness to return, what it's like to have that experience of mindfulness returning. And it begins to become easier to see at other times of the day. So the moments of waking up in sitting meditation, I mean, often our relationship to that moment is, oh, I wasn't doing it right Here I am, I better start doing it right again and pay attention to my breath. But in that moment of that relationship of I wasn't doing it right, let me do it right again, we're missing the opportunity that we have over and over again. You know, in the space of a 30-minute sitting, we might have, you know, 50 or 80 or more times to recognize this moment of mindfulness returning. When I altered my relationship to that moment to be one of, oh, this is another opportunity for me to get a sense of what it's like to be mindful, what it's sense to be, what it's like for that experience to happen. It completely changed my relationship to being lost in thought. It's like, yeah, I sit down, I get lost in thought. Every time the mind gets lost, it's another opportunity to notice that, that moment. Well, another great thing about that moment is it's completely effortless. You know, you don't have to do it. You can't do it. There's no way to do that moment of mindfulness coming back. It is simply a a grace. It is conditions have come together for mindfulness to return. That's so it is nothing that we can do. But but the moment of noticing that, you know, it's like it's it's very light. You know, it's not it's not a heavy thing. It's not like where we make it heavy is Oh, I'm noticing my thinking, and oh, let me come back to the breath. We can make it heavy there. It doesn't have to be, but I think often we have that kind of, oh, right, oh, got to rein this mind in. Oh, come back, come back. Another approach there is to just, okay, mindfulness has returned. Ah, that's a moment. What is that experience like? And then again, as I pointed to before, when we are mindful... There is a choice. There's the capacity to choose. We could in that moment simply be interested in, wow, mindfulness has returned. What's here? Oh, I'm aware of sound and the body sitting in space and the feeling of pressure on my butt. You know, that's mindfulness. Just awareness of what the attention is naturally already paying attention to. That's one thing, one way to relate to that moment that cultivates mindfulness. Another way in that moment is to recognize, oh yeah, lost in thought. Oh, here's mindfulness, it's back. Maybe feeling like, oh, there's a pull back to that thinking. Oh, maybe I can let that go because I'm mindful. Let me see. Let me just try to touch into the breath again. So the the mindfulness gives us a little bit of choice there. So, in our sitting meditation, we have a lot of opportunities to catch or check into that moment, to to recognize, ah, there it is, there it is. And as we get familiar with that experience, we can start to get interested in what it's like for that to happen in our daily lives. Because it does. Just like in our sitting, you know, mindfulness spontaneously returns. When we're driving... 
mindfulness spontaneously returns. When we're walking down the street, mindfulness spontaneously returns. We don't usually recognize it, as I said before, because we get involved with what has, is happening. But the more you attune to and get curious about what it's like for mindfulness to return, the more that can like filter over or bleed over into daily life to, oh, Oh, here, wow, I'm, I'm walking across the street or whew, I'm mindful. Like, wow, it's, it's, it's almost like being born in that moment. It's just quite amazing to see the difference or see that arising of, of mindfulness. Or, or you know, you're, you're reaching for a glass and suddenly it's like, wow, I'm reaching. You know, and you don't have to stop anything. You know, it's just like you just keep doing it and just let the mindfulness be there. Another tool around this, or another, let's say, attitude, I should say, rather than tool, around this exploration of beginning to recognize these spontaneous moments of mindfulness is let that be enough. You know, it's like once that spontaneous mindfulness has arisen um, and you've noticed it, you know, it's like you can just be interested in perhaps, well, how long does it last that that spontaneous mindfulness has has come you don't have to like pick it up in that moment and say okay now i need to stay mindful that's another place in daily life different from the cushion i think you know when we we notice that moment of mindfulness on the cushion what we're cultivating is more that sense of can i stay present can i can i cultivate that continuity of mindfulness in daily life what i've seen over and over again is if that's how you relate to the mindfulness is, oh, mindful, I'd let me pick it up and do the mindfulness again. It quickly goes by the wayside because that does take effort. And there's so much, so many things that we need to do that people often have the relationship. If we, if we think we're going to do mindfulness all day, it's like, it's exhausting. And it, it, it's hard, it's, it's not... It's, it's like adding a project to an already full day. Whereas this other approach is more about noticing these very spontaneous, effortless moments of mindfulness that are already here, that, that are, are arising. It takes a little bit of an inclining the mind to be interested in noticing those moments. But it's not, it's not a big project. I mean, they're already happening, these little tiny moments throughout your day. They're already happening. And um, so it doesn't, it doesn't take a lot of work to just kind of highlight those. And so the other piece or the other attitude I encourage for daily life practices, so you've noticed a moment of mindfulness returning in your daily life. Appreciate it, celebrate it, and just you know, get on with your day. You know, don't try to do anything with it. Just appreciate it and celebrate it. The more you appreciate and celebrate just those little moments, the more you start to notice more of them. So it begins to have this, like, it's like poking little mindfulness holes through your day to begin to notice these, these little moments of mindfulness. So there's probably a lot more I can say, but I want to open it up to, to questions or comments if there's anything 
uh, that I've said that you want clarification on or any comments about your own experience in this or confusion? Oh, just what's... Last week at this time, or this sitting, I, um, something, some little insight, I think an insight of mindfulness occurred as I began the sitting, and it was that this practice is a practice. And, and that relieved me temporarily of a sort of burden to do it right. Uh-huh, yes. That was great. It lasted a few <laughs> moments. <laughs> and then I created a little uh, aphorism that goes like this. This mindfulness practice is a practice. It is only a practice if it had been a real-life activity, I would have been given instruction on how to proceed. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, of course, then I, by that time, I'd lost the experience uh-huh, of, yeah. of it. Um, as I often lose um, a, a sort of a, a mindfulness experience because I um, feel some urge that I don't fully understand at all to I guess the best word I can use at the moment is self I, I engage in selfing uh-huh. so you engage in so I how made this, this how, funny little me, you know yeah, yeah. laugh you know that was kind of nice because <laughs> that's ex- but even last week when I came up with it myself and didn't didn't share it with anybody I it was it was funny to me uh-huh. and uh-huh. and by that time I was you were involved in the story I was maybe. involved yeah. in this little yeah. aphorism yeah. and I thought it was fun but I lost the sense of of uh, relaxation and well and, well-being. And, you know, but at the same time, it sounds like you, you became aware that you had lost that. I mean, for a little while, you got, you got wrapped up in the aphorism. There was probably some humor there. You, you, so at, in that moment of being wrapped up, you weren't so aware that you'd lost that understanding. But at some point, it came back. Your, your, it sounds like your mindfulness came back, and there was a sense of, of recognizing, ah, there's a difference here. I'm, I'm, I'm not that, that there's a, the mindfulness is, is a little different now. So in that moment, you know, it's like rather than thinking or trying to get back to that, it's like, oh, it feels different now. What is this one like? Yeah, well, of course, I wanted to get back to where I've well, been. We do. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> and, of course we and do. And I tried, I tried all the rest of the the meditation sitting. <laughs> and paradoxically, you know, it's like the only way is to be with this, you know, this, oh, it's not as good as it was. Oh, well, what's that like? That there's there's this feeling of wanting it to be another way. What's that like? You know, it's like we have to go in through through that. But I want to come back to what you said at the very beginning of the practice, 
you know, that, that it is a practice. Um, you know, in some ways, I think the, the, the mind, what we're doing in our sitting practice, to me at least, I mean, there are different motivations. There are different motivations for why we pay attention to what's happening in the moment. And, you know, just too gross or too obvious different different ways or different reasons. One would be to cultivate concentration, to settle the mind down, to make it quiet, to just stay with one experience and to, you know, let everything else go. That's one kind of motivation. It's kind of a, 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 a settling of the mind on one experience. Another motivation would be uh, to cultivate the capacity for mindfulness itself, to just be aware. And, you know, we can do that by being aware of one experience, of just like, okay, yep, this is what it's like to be aware of the breathing. If we're coming in from the concentration doorway, we're really interested in the experience of the, you know, the, the, the relaxing quality, the, the sensations. We're kind of interested in the experience of the breathing. If we're interested in the mindfulness, it can, it's like we're, we're interested in what it's like to be aware of the breathing. And so that's a, that's a, a, it's a difference. And also another, another possibility in that um, uh, practice of mindfulness is to not, again, to not necessarily choose what to pay attention to, but just kind of settle back and you know, you could just kind of keep a running a check-in. And now, what's obvious now? Pressure. What's obvious now? Seeing. What's obvious? Dryness. And now? Tension. And now? Seeing. Just keeping a kind of a running, you know, and now, now I'm aware of. And now... Hearing, now dryness, now happiness, now hearing, now breathing. Just staying with the, you know, where the attention is kind of going. And that, again, cultivates the mindfulness. So the practice of sitting cultivates this capacity to recognize... Well, it, it can cultivate the capacity to be concentrated or the, the mindfulness practice cultivates the capacity or we're practicing recognizing what it's like to be aware. We're not practicing with mindfulness practice being aware of particular things, you know, in a way. You know, we're practicing... It doesn't matter. It really does not matter what we are mindful of. It is the quality of mindfulness that we are practicing. So, you know, just sitting there with this kind of stream of now and now and now, you're cultivating this capacity to just be with this flow of experience. And that, too, that strengthens or practices being mindful, and that can carry over into daily life the cultivation of concentration practice is a harder thing to carry over in daily life. It has great effects, actually. You know, I find that 
the ability to settle the mind. You know, we learn so much when we settle down and, and recognize, oh, yeah, let go of those thoughts, come back to the breath. Okay, yep, yeah, just stay here. You know, we learn that it feels um, pretty good to let the, all of the stories go. We also learn that we don't actually need to engage with those stories as much as we think we do. So there's a lot of things that can happen through the cultivation of that stabilizing of mind. So it's, it's definitely helpful. I'm not saying that one is better than the other. Um, I'm just right now pointing to, for daily life, the benefit of the practice, you know, that the more you practice being aware or cultivating what it's like to be aware in the sitting, the more that can support you in daily life, to be just aware of, of whatever is happening in a much less um, effortful way. Anything else? Anyone else? Have something? Yeah. I have a question um, with regards to mindfulness. In that, I really enjoy listening, like to podcasts, and losing myself into what I'm listening to. And I guess right now I'm thinking, or, or I love to run, but I kind of just lose myself, and before you know it, I've run a couple miles, and I'll think, you know. You know, this has been pleasant, but I really haven't been aware of what's been going on. Uh-huh. And I find that really, I'm really enjoyable, but I'm not very mindful at all during those times. Are those, should I try to be more mindful as I'm listening to these stories or as I'm running to be aware of what's going on? Or is it, I guess well, I'm what I'd being encourage, a little bit what judgmental I'd, What I'd right encourage now. there is um, the pos- there's the possibility of... I mean, basically, your mind is, it sounds like your mind has found a way to settling and being uh, into an experience without mindfulness. You know, and you say you wake up and it feels good, you know, so there's, there's kind of like you've been absorbed in the experience of running or absorbed in the listening. And so to not try to like stop the mind from doing that, but just kind of be curious is it possible to wake up into that pleasantness? Is it possible to wake up into what you are experiencing as you're listening to? You don't have to change it. Now, that may be a challenge a little bit because your, your mind has a habit of kind of disengaging from mindfulness in that place. But it, is, it doesn't necessarily have to. It's a habit of mind to have decoupled from mindfulness there. So, you know, we can be mindful of pretty much anything. It's just, you know, uh, a kind of curiosity, you know. So when you put on the podcast, you know, don't try to stop it or don't try to, um, if you can remember, for instance, just like at the beginning, you, you start a podcast. Before you push the, the, the button to start it, just ask yourself the question, how might it be possible or might it be possible, not even how, but... Might it be possible to become aware of the state the mind goes to while it's listening? The enjoyment, the pleasure, the interest, the curiosity, all of that. You know, is it possible to notice that while it's happening? Okay. Um, and, and see what happens. You know, then, you know, so then push the button and forget about it. You know, don't try to do it. But just see, it might spontaneously, if you, if you do it enough, if you keep like 
Every time for the next week you, you push the button for the podcast, you remind yourself, is it possible? How might it be possible? You might begin to get those spontaneous moments arising, and it's like, oh my gosh, it is possible. Wow, look at that. And then, you, then it, there, gets, there gets to be some, some, some traction with waking up into what's already happening. Okay, thank you. And we need to stop. Thank you. <laughs>